for a real quick overview before I uh, launch into today's specific message, um, if you've been here, I use this whiteboard to explain something about how we read or learn or understand uh, scripture. And, um, and so I use this line here like this to talk about um, how over time human understanding of God has changed or grown. And uh, so back in you know, Leviticus, it talks about all kinds of things that we just don't practice today. Um, and we talked a lot about sacrifices and uh, splashing blood around to make God happy because he loved the smell of it. You remember these verses? I mean, there's all kinds of other ones. I just don't have time. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, you know, it'd be like stone your children who are disobedient to you. I mean, you, you probably like to quote that verse now and again, but we just don't do that. Please tell me. We, we just don't do that anymore. And, and so you don't really have a reason, except you can say, well, I don't know. We just don't think that that's helpful. Most people, honest to God, most Christians that I know, even the ones that really say, I really cling to the Bible, they don't really have a good reason. The biggest reason I always hear is that they say, well, that's the Old Testament, right? But that's also a little too um, simplistic, right? Because they'll take the same verses out of the Old Testament for things that they do want to prove, um, which I just don't have time to get into. It's a little too simplistic. And there are a lot of verses in the New Testament that therefore... What do you do with those verses? Are you with me? It's overly simplistic to just say. So, um, it, it act, and it actually, it shouldn't look like this to be truly fair. Um, I, I don't want to get lost in this, but I just want to, it probably really should look like this. like that. A little messier. Are you with me? In other words, you can find, do you remember when the teachers of the law, they come to Jesus and they say, you know, what's the most important commandment? You know how many there are, right? 613. He goes through, rifles the index and says, I got it. I got it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second one is Love your neighbor. If you're from Orchard Grove, you should know those, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, these weren't just two ideas Jesus came up with. He was quoting from what? The Scriptures. Uh, love the Lord your God, De uh, Deuteronomy 6.5. It was part of a daily prayer. You guys are funny. <laughs> what? You guys really are funny. <laughs> so, if you were Jewish and you grew up, you would know that was, that was the Shema. You said that prayer every single day. It was a, how many grew up with, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep me. Why, dear God, do we teach our kids that? If I should die, if a mass murderer came into the house before I wake, why do we teach our kids these things? Part of the reason we're doing the next 20 is because this is the kind of legacy I want to leave Charlie. I'm not going to teach her that prayer. 
and I'm not going to teach her a lot of other things. But it was a daily prayer, Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? They said that every day. So when Jesus quotes that, they go, oh, yeah, that's from the daily prayer. Um, love, the neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself is also from the book of what? Leviticus. So it's not, you can't just take a whole section and throw it out. You get these, can I just say, flashes of inspiration as things are progressing. Oh, there's a good one. Let's hold on to that one. Let's throw about 87% of them out. You say, who is Jesus to do this? Good question, right? And what if we learned to read the Bible the way Jesus read the Bible? where he just threw all this old stuff out. No matter how bad people were clinging on to it. In the New Testament, you say, oh, no, I follow all the New Testament. No, you don't. No, you don't. Ladies, be silent in the church. <laughs> New Testament. In other words, it's too simplistic to say that. But what we could say is we're learning to see how over time, we, we've grown in our understanding of God, and the Bible so beautifully reflects this. And Jesus read the scripture, and if you ever came to a 2.0 class, like I just did one on Matthew and Midrash. Who knows what a Midrash is? It's not a diaper rash. I know what that is. It's Midrash. Again. But the, if you were Jewish in Jesus' day, you knew exactly what that was. It was a way of reading Scripture. And it was an interpretive way. And they understood the Bible as being a conversation, a give and take. That's just how they understood it. But how many times have you been to church or somewhere where someone just slammed the Scripture at you and said, take it or leave it. That God says it. That settles it. Amen. No, it's a conversation. And it's an ongoing understanding, messy but Jesus pulls us to something, like a higher level of understanding. Love your neighbor as yourself, which Jesus said is one of the greatest commandments, is also from Leviticus. It's not black and white, but it's this growth of understanding. And so here's Orchard Grove. This radically inclusive family this culturally subversive uh, movement. If anything happened with Jesus and Paul and the early followers, it was culturally subversive. The culture was top-down power and authority. And by the way, religious and non-religious, both of them were subverted. Listen carefully. It wasn't to get the power-hungry people over here in the political world to go shift over to the religious top-down. The whole thing was a movement from down below, the work of the people, the normal people, and it subverted everything. That's why Jesus was killed. Because he messed with the political and he messed with the what? Religious. Is anybody even awake today? I'm sick and I'm up here giving it my best. Dear Lord. Some of you. So it was subversive. The last shall be first. 
the first shall be last. You can't say things like that. You can't say love your enemy. All of these things were subverting the way things were. And the people who were in power in the religious spec, uh, religious field, they wanted to stay there, and the people politically wanted to stay there. That's why, for a brief moment in time, the Romans were in political power, and the, and, and the Jewish elite came together for a brief moment in time to crucify Jesus. So what's our church about? Radically inclusive, subversive culturally, right? Where we see the culture is needing to be subverted. We're not afraid of that. I'm not afraid to swim upstream. I'm not afraid to be at a dinner party when everybody thinks this and I think that. I'm not afraid to walk through the atrium people scowl at me because I didn't quote the verse the way their grandpa quoted it to them. But I'm not afraid. It takes courage. And you have to have courage. Did Jesus have courage? He had courage. When you're at the front of change, people don't like it. They, they applaud after you're dead. They name streets after you, after you're dead. They kill you when you're alive. The prophets, do you remember? We who stoned the prophets. Why? Because the prophets came against the system. But they were for the people. And finally, personally transforming. Like change, it's about changing. So we change our world first by changing us. Everybody look here. First by changing who? So a lot of people, they want to change the world. They just get so angry and so bitter and so cynical. And then they just become part of the problem. It can happen. You can have the best intentions and want to change everybody and everything around you. And you miss the change always starts here. Let's do it together. Change starts here. Point at your chest. Change starts here. It starts here. And so that's where we're going to spend our time today. John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I came to give you life in its most abundant form. I came to give you life in all of its fullness. All right? So what is this life that Jesus came to give us, to teach us, to show us? This is an important thing. And as we've been saying in the series, if you could... If you could um, Describe the end zone. If you could describe, as I was saying before, if this is a gym for the soul and you have this picture of the, of the perfect physique that you want, this would be your inner physique. Ready? This is what you want on the inside. This is the life we're going after. Let me tell you what it's not for quick review. It is not perfect church attendance, although a few of you could upgrade yourself a smidgen, all right? It is not... Just think about it. All right. It is not, all right, it is not that you know all the Bible verses. It is none of these things that have been old measuring sticks. It is what Paul called the fruit of the Spirit, or I would call the fruit that God is winning in your heart and life. Ready? Galatians says this, and the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what we're going after in here. Now, honest to God, just look here for a second. First of all, honest to God, what if that stuff just was just oozing out of you? Huh? How many know this world's a better place right now? How many know just the parking lot would be nicer? Right here. 696 would be better. Your office would be better. Your boss would be better. Your coworkers, your... If we said this is the end game, this is what we're going for, that what is love, joy, happiness, peace, patience, kindness. If we made this, if we made this the measuring stick, so this is the measuring stick. This is what we're going after. Question would be, how do we get there? And we've talked for two weeks already about we have to stretch. You have to stretch. You can't stay comfortable in who you are. You have to stretch. And some of us have to get past this thing like, well, this is just who I am. We have to say, no, I can stretch. I can grow. I can learn. The other thing that you do at a gym, if I can stretch my metaphor a little bit further, is you, you go to the gym and you go to the weight area and you encounter resistance. Anybody weight trained before? Anybody? Okay, you go to the gym, you, you get resistance. You go there for the purpose of getting resistance. So I want to talk about resistance today and why resistance is good for you. Why resistance is good for you. Evidently what happens at the gym is you go and you get resistance when you weight train. Um, you can do it a lot of other kinds of ways, but you just resist. I, I was taught this when I used to fly a lot. They, you do your own resistance training. You just push your hands together like this, right? You look a little weird. You try to do it discreetly on an airplane, but you just push, right? I'm resisting with this hand. I'm resisting. It's the same thing. A lot cheaper than joining the gym. So you get $14 a month right here. Right? And then you do it on the floor, you just push. You just push. You just push against the floor. And you get a little flow. But here's what, here's what you do. They say what happens is the resistance is good for us. But that's what builds our muscles. Who would have thought that resistance is good? I mean, from the day, from the moment you and I wake up, I just think, I want zero resistance today. Does anybody think like me? I, I don't want I don't want the traffic light to resist me. I, I don't want anybody to say no to me today. No one's like me. I want everyone to say yes. I want things to get out of my way. I want to get what I want. I want to get it when I want to get it. And it turns out life just doesn't work that way. That more often than not, I get not what I want. Anybody else? Mm. I think God knew I was going to do this message today because my wife had to go to a function with her friends and I had Charlie for 9.5 hours <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> or somewhere around there.
If the message is lame today, you know why. I had zero concentration on anything. And you, you can't get anything done that you want, absolutely nothing. And so, not getting what you want. I mean, it seems like, it seems like what life should be about, what Jesus said, I came to give you life in all of its fullness, what you would think is, oh, he's going to knock down all the pins for me. Does, isn't this kind of what we think? And can I just say a lot of what is taught is that. It's like, here's what God's going to do. God's just going to knock everything over for you. And that just, this just can't be true. Like, or like, and then if, if everything isn't knocked over for you, you get blamed because you're not a good enough Christian. You don't pray well enough, or you have some sin in your life that you haven't confessed, or there's some reason why it's standing there. And what's the real reason why something is standing in your way? Because you're breathing. Because you're alive. Because in this world, you will have trouble. Because that's life. And life has one resistance after another. Just when you get through one, what happens? The next one comes. It's just, it's just right there. It's after, the, it's after the first one. And so life is a series of challenges. Listen carefully. It's a series of challenges. It's not one challenge. It's just a series. Then the next one comes. Next one comes. In James, it says this, um, um, Brothers, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. All right? Brothers, consider it pure joy when you face trials. What? One version says, Don't run from hardship. Let's say it together. Don't run from hardship. Boy, that's hard to do. When it gets hard, you want to run. You, you want to find an easy way out. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must, must finish its work so that you would be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Evidently, frustration is somehow good for us. So we're having this talk the other day. Vicky's telling me, you can't just pick Charlie up every time she cries. <laughs> Rookie dad. You can't just go there and just scoop her up. She's got she's to feel a little frustration. Now, now which leads to the other conversation which everybody's had, how much crying is good, how much frustration is good. Is anybody having this? Not for the 10-month-old, for the 27-year-old. Like, how, when, when? I mean, if, every, if everybody knew the answer to that question, you got what I'm saying? Nobody knows exactly. But I think what most people could agree on is you do have to have some starter struggles in life, some little baby struggles. Watch Charlie trying to sit up. She just landed. She's like, ah. I mean, she could do a cruncher for like 30 seconds, right? Just sit there halfway up, and she can't get her foot hooked on anything, so she just struggles. But I guess, I guess maybe that's good. 
I guess a little bit of struggle makes you stronger. I guess. The problem we have is we can't translate it. We can say that, we can nod our head in here, but then when it has to do with us, we'd be like, no, God, just pick me up. I never have gotten one prayer request that says, could you pray that God, whenever he gets around to it, would get me out of this? That God would just take his sweet time and all the prayers are, God, do it when? Do it now, do it now. The problem is, if you never struggle, if you never struggle, ready? You never grow. You never mature, ever. And so people oftentimes, they want to do a good thing. I want to help this person. I want to help my son or daughter or this. God, I want you to answer this prayer right now. But the struggle and you just, that, that, that waiting, that, it's, just, it's just agonizing. But that's what's making you stronger and it's developing your character. I, I read this phrase this week. One guy called it inner engineering. I liked that. I call it gym for the soul, but for you engineer types, it's inner engineering. How do I rewire this thing? And somehow struggling and not getting your way. Oh, I hate not getting my way. Ugh. Is anybody with me? Who didn't get your way today already? It's been a rough day already. It's like... Well, of course we want to get our way because that's, it's our way. So a lot of us, listen carefully, a lot of us think happiness, joy, that fulfilled life Jesus talked about is when I finally get everything arranged just so. Who, what are we arranging? Our, our mate, they're just going to wake up and go, honey, how can I serve you today? Right? <laughs> And then our kid's going to go, Papa, can I get your slippers, right? And the dog's going to take himself out and walk him and clean himself up. And bring... Are you with me? We're getting, we're getting everything arranged. This is what people spend all their energy on, getting everything arranged. And if you're always trying to get everything arranged, you're going to be deranged. It doesn't work. It, can I just save you some time? It just doesn't work. That doesn't mean you don't put energy into things. But here's the trick. The trick is not getting everything arranged. It's getting this settled down. Settled down here. This is the part of the message you don't like. Ready? And the reason that we don't like it is because we grew up in a culture where that's what we were taught. You were taught from the time you were young. You can have your dream. You can achieve this. You can do this. And I, I'm for going for your dreams. And all, 
But what we try to do is we try to tell people, if you just work hard enough, you're going to have everything arranged. But the problem is, life isn't that way. Life just keeps moving. Do you, do you see what I mean? We want to have this frozen picture in time where you know, the dog is the perfect age. He's not a puppy where he's tearing things up, but he's not so old that he's you know, making a mess in the house. And, and then this child is perfect. and the, It just doesn't work. Everything just keeps moving. And you get one thing fixed, and the next thing breaks. So you, listen, you have to stop chasing this little bubble of perfection. That's called Facebook. It's called Facebook. So this week, it was Charlie's first Halloween. So we get this really cute ladybug outfit on. You know, you, you know what's coming, don't you? You know what's coming. Does Charlie care that it's Halloween? No, no she does not. Does Charlie know that it's Halloween? No. Who knows? Mom and Dad. That's it. With the ladybug outfit on. Now, I gotta just tell you something about Charlie. I mean, she just doesn't like to change her clothes, period. She would be a, I mean, she is a true surfer, beach, I mean, she could go naked the rest of her life. She'd be good. Just like, I don't need all these. Every time you take something off or put something on, it is an absolute war. War. <laughs> Kicking. And, I mean, you'd think I can overpower this child, but it's amazing. You really can't. And so... We're putting this gigantic bubble on her, and she's just going ballistic, ballistic. <laughs> Let me tell you how this helped our relationship. <laughs> Hold her still so I can get a picture. <laughs> Is everybody with me? Honest to God, honest to God, it lasted four minutes and it felt like four years. <laughs> and I'm like, can you please take it off? I didn't get a good picture. I don't care about that picture. What did we want? We wanted this little frozen moment in time where all of we could put on Facebook and all of you would go, what a cute family. Look at Charlie. <laughs> That's what we wanted. We just want to isolate. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Life is this fluid thing. It keeps moving. Jesus says, I think this is so important. In fact, I think this, this idea in some ways, in some ways, is the key to everything. If you want to save your life, you lose it. If you lose your life, you'll find it. You need to meditate on that one for a long time. I don't think this is one you pick up real easy. I think this is one you pick up and go, huh? I don't really. 
But I think you just hold that one in there. You hold it and you hold it and you hold it and you wait, 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 what is he saying? Whoever wants to save their life, this is me trying to get the picture. This is me struggling so hard to try to make something that wasn't there. Have you ever tried to make something that's not there? Oh man, frustration, anxiety. Huh? Was our anxiety high or low at that point? Was it high or low? Very high. Very short words with each other. Honey, isn't this lovely? Take your time and get a nice photo. All the anxiety is high because you're trying to make something out of this moment that wasn't there. Have you ever tried to make something out of a moment that's not there? Out of a relationship that's not there? And the anxiety is high? He wants to save his life. It's like, I just wanted to grab that moment. We just wanted to take it. And it wasn't there. At the same time, who could say this? You know, the funny thing was, we got this just quick snapshot. We weren't even paying attention. We weren't even doing, we weren't even trying. And I got this unbelievable memory, right? When you lose your life, then all of a sudden you find it. It's like a person's holding on to, like a little kid wants so badly to hold on to like a, a little frog or something, a little boy, right? And he's squeezing it so hard, he's going to force the frog to what? Leave him or kill him. You can't hold on that tight. Now, can I just tell you, I'm chief offender at this. I am at level one. If this is a one to ten scale on learning how to let go of your life, I'm at level one. I have no idea how to do that verse. Are you okay? Does that give you a little permission? I am chief offender. Here's one first thing that I do. Every time this time of year I go into official mourning, I just go into meltdown mode because I can't surf anymore. I start crying. I start throwing fits around the house. Right? I do. I start complaining. It gets dark so early. Why is it cold? And I should live somewhere else. And anybody with me? How many whiners do we have out there? Join me, brothers and sisters. There we go. Me and my buddy Danny, we just, we just go, we cry, we throw little fits and everything. And I, this is what I do, I leave my dock in. Thank you. Why? This lady says, why are you doing that? I don't know. I can't let go. I can't let go of warm summer. I can't. So I just leave the dock in. Does that make any sense? He who leaves his dock in will lose it. And every year I'm out there in December. It's snowing and I'm out there and I go, why did I do this? I'm such an idiot. I, oh, I just want to hold on. Pretend that it's summer longer. He who leaves his dock will lose it. And life keeps changing. Life keeps changing. You just want to hold on to it. You'll lose it. The other thing we do, we're wishing for something tomorrow. Oh, someday, but, but someday I'm going to have this. And so here's today. Here's the people that you have today. Here's the friends. Here's the family. Here's the conversation you could be having, but you're having a conversation with tomorrow. So you missed today. And today was right there. You know what one person said? 
the ultimate life, if, if that's what John 10, 10 is, what Jesus talked about, life in its fullness, we'll call it. The state of not wanting anything. What if you could be free from wanting anything? What if you got to the place in your life where you say, I don't want anything. I don't, I don't want a better house. I don't want a better car. I don't want a, a new boyfriend. I don't want... I, I'm, I actually... Do you know the last of the Ten Commandments probably gets talked about the least, but maybe is in so many ways the most important? You shouldn't covet. You shouldn't want. It, honest to God, if it was changed and it wasn't called the commandment, it was called um, the great opportunity, people would be sucking that up left and right. What if we could get to a place where we didn't want all the time? I don't want better weather because I know weather just comes and goes. It just comes and goes. Can I give you a couple of pointers because I'm out of time? Remember this. Everything's temporary. It just keeps changing. Hmm? It just keeps changing. It just keeps changing. So don't try to freeze things. Just acknowledge that life's just gonna, it's, a, it's a flow. Don't try to find the perfect moment in time. Accept the moment that's in front of you right now. Ready? Embrace it. Even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, just embrace it. This is really hard. And I accept what is right now. I think one of the things that would be so good, I, I don't want to sound old school here. This might sound a little old school, like some of the preaching, you know, old school. But I do, I do wonder in an age where we spend so much time looking at screens, if we might not be doing ourselves a disservice I'm not saying there isn't some good, because I think there can be a lot of good. Honestly, there can be a ton of good. Or people, you know, in, in, in countries that are oppressed can get information, and there can be freedom, and, and, and you can connect to people that you missed. And, but the constant comparing. I said, well, that's not what I'm doing there. I know. Sometimes you're actually celebrating. You're looking at somebody else's life, and you're going, oh, I'm so happy for them. But truth be told... There's a little sliver of us at times that goes, man, dang, look at that. In our life, because of that, then we say, I want, I want this, and I want that. And we re reinforce our discontent or our coveting or our wanting. What if instead you just went out in nature? Old school. The other day, Kids are playing in the house, and I said, why don't you guys go outside? They looked at me like I had six heads. <laughs> what? They had like four TV screens down there that are just going like this. Said, why don't you go like out there? They, honestly, like, what, what are you talking about? What could happen if you go outside? 
You could get cold. Shouldn't get cold. Why not? Why not go outside and get cold? Real cold. Make your nose run. <laughs> oh, God forbid. A sniffle. When you go outside and you watch the leaves drop, you know what we do? Now we go, I'll go outside. I'm going up north for the colors. Anybody go up north for, go up north for the colors? Nothing wrong. It's nice. Nothing wrong with that. But you know what it's like. You got to go. When do you have to go? Peak weekend. We all get online. When's peak weekend? I got to be there on peak weekend. One time ago, this guy gave me a timeshare to go visit a... You know when it was? You know when it is. Three weeks after peak weekend. Wah, wah, wah. No leaves left. Just looks barren. Looks dead. You know what I mean? I mean, at least if you're in the thick of winter, you can go skiing. This is like ter terrible time. No leaves. This is like when you get diagnosed that you're going to die, but you're not dead. It's early on, like, look at this, look at death. No, it's true. You can go up there, you can go to any resort, you can go anywhere you want, you can drive your car through the hallways, nobody's there. Why? Because we, don't, we, don't, we avoid, this is so important, I don't know if you're getting it, we avoid that. I don't, want to go, I don't want to go outside and look at a tree that has no leaves on it. That just speaks of what used to be. We're uncomfortable. So look, we process our whole life. We avoid, we avoid suffering. We avoid dis, dis, death conversations. We avoid all of it. Is that good for us? Probably not. So I did last time I went out there, way too cold to golf. No snow, he couldn't ski. Not a leaf left in the trees. Just barrenness. Oh, did I mention the skies were gray? <laughs> I just sat there. Maybe we should do that. All this technology has allowed us to avoid reality. Think, just think for a minute. And it hasn't helped us mature as people. That's why our culture has all the money in the world and is deficient in here. Go, go, go spend a month in a third world country. You'll be so frustrated because they'll be laughing and happy and they got nothing and you're going to be so mad. Why are you happy? You have nothing. Because we've been operating here and we forgot about what? Here. A gym for the what? <laughs> 